0: Scripture reading this morning is Acts 16, verses 6 through 10. It's Acts 16, verses 6 through 10. It's in page 983 in the Bibles and apocues. Now, when they had gone through Phrygia and the region of Galatia, they were forbidden by the Holy Spirit to preach the word in Asia. After they had come to Mysia, they were tried to go to Bithynia, but the Spirit did not permit them. So, passing by Mysia, they came down to Troas. And a vision appeared to Paul in the night. A man of Macedonia stood and pleaded with him, saying, Come over to Macedonia and help us. Now after he had seen the vision, immediately we sought to go to Macedonia, concluding that the Lord had called us to preach the gospel to them. Good morning. It is good to see each of you. If you're a guest, again, we welcome you. It does encourage us that you're here. We hope that we can be an encouragement to you also. Are we a church that makes disciples? Are you a disciple? Are you growing as a disciple? And have we come to the understanding that to grow as a disciple means that we also carry A burden within us to make sure that we're helping others grow also. It's not enough to evaluate ourselves and say, oh, I must be doing good. I attend a church that's an ABC church. I attend a church that the attendance is good. I attend a church where the building is adequate. I attend a church where the contribution meets and fulfills the budget. I must be doing okay. In the church where I go, we must be doing okay. Everything's okay. And not that those things are not important, but friends, if we have emphasized now for six times, what we want to do is make sure that we understand a much deeper understanding of what discipleship is. A disciple is one who knows their Lord and they follow His teachings and Him with great intensity. So we've been asking the question, who is your Lord? Do you know that your Lord is Jesus Christ? And if you know that question and and the answer of it, then that leaves us with that second question. Who are you? Are you submissive to our Lord Jesus Christ? But number three, we have to ask that question. Who is your Barnabas? We need someone to help us. We need someone to give us a hand up. To help us grow. There's not anybody that can make it on their own. And then, we need to ask, who is our Timothy? We need to constantly be helping others. Helping them up. Helping them grow. It's our responsibility as disciples. Last time we looked at the question of, where is your Antioch? We need to be a part of a church family that helps send us on our way. I'm not saying that it helps us always pack our bags. I'm saying that it helps us in a day-to-day walk, that we're sent out from, from the gatherings of the congregation. We're sent out, encouraged to live, to grow, to serve our Lord. And today we want to ask the question, where's your Macedonia? Perhaps the motive behind that is very important because it would move us to Macedonia. All of us that are old enough would remember 9 11, the tragedies of that day, and the flight in Pennsylvania, where the men and perhaps some of the women on that flight, as the 9 1 1 calls were coming in, it became very evident that they knew what was happening. They knew from the other. Aircrafts and airlines what had happened. And so they decided that they wanted to save whatever landmark was becoming the target from this plane ever reaching that. You remember the phrase that has been well known since then was the moving words that moved them into action after their plan was made was, let's roll. Well before that, we see that Tom Burnett also, as he was making plans and talking with individuals about joining them in their efforts to take the plane over, he made this statement. All of us are going to die, but some of us are going to do something about it. It's interesting, isn't it? To be aware of the fact that everyone on that plane is going to die, but some of us are going to do something about it. What would move you to Macedonia? Do you recognize the fact that all of us are going to die? I'm not asking you literally right now to turn your head and look around, but if you did turn your head and look around, do you realize there's no exception? Everybody that your eyes meet, they're going to die. Unless Jesus comes again, they're going to die. When you drive home, everybody you meet in the cars that you're meeting, they're going to die. Everybody on your street is going to die. Everybody you work with is going to die. The question is not, will they die? It's simply the fact of, when will they die? And you know what God gives Christians? He gives them a Macedonia. He gives them a great commission. Go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. Why? Because that is the saving gospel that changes people's eternity. How awesome is it to think that we've been invited to a Macedonia. We've been invited to a place where we can take whatever abilities and resources that God has given us and we can speak a good word for God. We can do acts of service that people will see our good works and glorify the Father which is in heaven. The one that can change their eternal destination because they are going to spend eternity somewhere. When you look at Paul and you say, how is it that he was always ready to go? No doubt, he was ready to go to Macedonia because he knew everybody is going to die and some of us are going to do something about it. Today, would you join Paul in that? Would you join Paul in that effort to say, I'll be one of the ones that's going to do something about it also? Now, did you notice in the reading today how that vision was sent to Paul? Have you ever had to make a real difficult decision and you weren't really for certain what the right answer was? And, and maybe, I know surely most of you have probably said, I just wish God would come down and tell me the answer. Haven't you said that before? I just, I, I want to do what's right. I want to do what's best. I just don't know right now. I just wish God would come down. And then we see a story like this. We see a story in Acts the 16th chapter where there in verse 9, God just sent a man in a vision to Paul. And told him exactly where he wanted him to go. And you know, you and I might look at that today and we might say, see, Paul had it easy. I'd go to Macedonia too if it was black and white right in front of me, God saying, hey, come this way. But you know what I want you to see today is hopefully not only an appreciation for Paul because he was at the right place at the right time because he had done a lot of other things right in the days and the weeks prior to that. And what the, the underlying message of all this is, is that all of us can have our Macedonia call. I'm not talking about a miraculous vision that would come to us like Paul. But all of us can have that understanding of what God's will for us in our life if we can learn to put ourselves in the right places just like Paul had learned to put himself in the right place. I think back to times in my life where I didn't know where to move or what to do. But I can look back now and I can see clearly God's call and God's work in my life. Today, if you don't know exactly where you are spiritually or where you need to be, will you study this lesson with an open mind? And when you, will you study it in a sense to give up self? And will you agree... That you want to be in the place where God can use you, where God can save you, where God can truly be your Lord, and you know who He is, and you know who you are, you're a child of His, and you're looking forward to an eternity with Him? With that in mind, I invite you into this study to say, well, what was it that put Paul in the right place at Troas so that he could have that Macedonia call. First, I think we need to go back to, keep in mind this is toward the beginning of of the second missionary journey. We need to go back to the end of the first missionary journey and the conflict that was taking place in Acts the 15th chapter. If you have your Bibles open, it's 981 in the Bibles that's in your pew there. Look in, in Acts the 15th chapter. Paul would not be standing here in Troas ready to hear this message to take the gospel over to the people that were waiting in Macedonia if he would not have in a healthy fashion gone through Acts the 15th chapter because there's a lot of things that could have gone wrong in Acts the 15th chapter. Let's read verse 1 and 2 and get the setting here. He says, And certain men came down from Judah and taught the brethren, from Judea and taught the brethren, Unless you are circumcised according to the customs of Moses, you cannot be saved. Underline that in your mind. Word has come. You're going to have to do something that Jesus did not teach. And unless you do that, you cannot be saved. Can you imagine Paul right now saying, Paul's right there. You're telling me that now in the church we have a doctrine that did not come from Jesus, and we're telling people that they can't be saved unless they do something that did not come from Jesus? How would that set with you? Are we ready to listen to a Macedonia call to go help people if we're not really concerned about doctrine? Look what happened in verse 2. Therefore, when Paul and Barnabas had no small dissension and dispute with them... They determined Paul and Barnabas and certain others of them should go up to Jerusalem to the apostles and elders about this question. Why do you think there was no small dissension and there was a great dispute with them? Because they were trying to teach the doctrine. They were trying to change the teachings of doctrine as it relates to salvation. Friends, Paul was willing at that point to say, Paul's everything. It's not time for a second missionary journey until we get straight what the teachings of the Lord is. You need somebody to go down to Jerusalem and make sure we get to the bottom of what the teachings of the Lord is? I'll gladly be one of the ones that goes down to Jerusalem and gets to the bottom of the teachings of the Lord. Why is that so important? What's the big deal if if Paul goes on a second missionary journey and he is there in Troas and he's invited to come over to Macedonia and then what he teaches them does not save them? What good is that if you and I work and we serve, and we do not change the population of heaven. Our efforts should be to help people grow closer to God, not to simply put clothes on their back, food in their belly, or to give them a comfortable earth on which to live. No doubt, God calls us to benevolence. God calls us to humanitarian acts. But God calls us to do all of these things because of our love for mankind that ultimately will lead them toward the Father. And if our actions stop at just simply the love of mankind, we have missed the greatest purpose of our work. See, say, I, I, I'm a good father. I tell you what, I worked long hours. I I worked 60, 70 hours a week and and I provided for my children and and I got them to school where they needed to be and and I have college covered for them and, and I tell you what, I'm a good father. Are you leading your children to heaven? And you can't claim the good father award if you have failed them in the area that matters the most. Friends, Do we understand all of us are going to die and some of us are going to do something about it? What is the use of claiming a Macedonia if when we get there, we don't have anything eternal to offer the people? Paul settles this matter. And he's ready to start thinking about the second missionary journey. Let's go to the end of the 15th chapter. The end of the 15th chapter, we we pick up with this last paragraph in 36. You remember the problems that he and Barnabas had? Let's just read it quickly to get it back in our minds. Look here beginning at verse 36. Then after some days, Paul said to Barnabas, Let us now go back. And visit our brethren in every city where we have preached the word of the Lord and see how they are doing. Now Barnabas was determined to take with him John called Mark. But Paul insisted that they should not take take him with them, the one who had departed from them in Pamphylia and had not gone with them to the work. Then the contention became so sharp that they parted from one another and so Barnabas took Mark and sailed to Cyprus and Paul chose Silas and departed being commended by the brethren to the grace of God and he went through Syria and Cilicia strengthening the churches. We read that in one brief paragraph. What happened there? We have a, a mentor and, and a mentee, if you will. We have, we have a close relationship. We have individuals that have become close friends. We have individuals that love God deeply. We have individuals that no doubt love each other deeply. What has just happened right here? We have a very difficult time in the life of Paul and Barnabas. You think they lost any sleep over it? You think there was moments where Paul probably was, was just gritting his teeth and, and thinking, why is Barnabas being so difficult? I love that man, but sometimes he's the hardest man in the world to work with. Everybody else thinks he's encouraging. Sometimes he's not encouraging. Can you imagine how Barnabas felt? I can't work with him. This is a man that should be reaching out and helping this young man, John Mark, and, and, and he's just letting him, letting him go. What if nobody strengthens him? What was the answer? The answer wasn't in the fact that they were going to agree. They were not going to agree on this one. Please get this. The reason Paul was able to stand there a few weeks later in Troas and hear the Macedonia call was because he wouldn't quit on God even though he had difficulty with man. It makes no sense when somebody hurts our feelings and we take it out on God. I know that's not a deep statement, but I just asked you to think about it. It makes no sense to say, I tell you what, so-and-so up there at the Mount Julia Church of Christ, they lied about me. And they hurt my feelings. And and they marred my name in the community. I tell you what, I haven't been back to that church in ten years. I don't go to church now. You're going to let a person that has done wrong affect your life in such a way that you take it out on God. I'm going to quit God because somebody hurt me. I'm going to quit God because somebody discouraged me. Listen, brethren. Sometimes we never make it to our Macedonia because we let everybody else determine whether or not we're going to be faithful. Paul was able to stand there at Troas and he was ready to hear that call because he had the truth about what salvation was all about. He was able to stand there because even though a few weeks earlier he'd gone through a difficult time, one thing Barnabas and Paul would not do is they would not give up on God. I hate that this is a reality. I wish that I, could, I, I, that, that I, I couldn't say this and it be true. But you know what the reality is? There's not a person here that's not going to have some hurt feelings because somebody has mistreated them. We are in the midst of imperfect people. We sometimes say the wrong thing. We sometimes do the wrong thing. And sometimes it's an accident and sometimes it's on purpose because we're sinful people. And if my idea is I'm going to stick around here and I'm going to serve God as long as everybody does everything just right, your clock is ticking and it's only a matter of time that you won't be serving God. Everybody needs a Macedonia. Everybody needs a purpose in their life. But they have to be connected to God more than to any other source or they will never reach their Macedonia. The last thing that I want you to see is just a geographical study because it probably is the best part of this study. Look with me, if you will, the 16th chapter. I'd like for us to just kind of scan verse 6, 7, and 8. And and as we do this... Uh, we'll see in between some of these slides a map, and I hope you'll, you'll be able to read the map, and if not, I'll, I'll try to make references to it. But, but to me, this is a very, very powerful point about how did Paul end up at Troas ready to hear the Macedonia call. You see there in verse 6, they had gone through uh, Phrygia and to the region of Galatia. They were forbidden by the Holy Spirit to preach the word in Asia, now, as we hear that, have you ever made plans? And in your plans, probably become pretty passionate. Paul, oh, I hear you're going on a second missionary trip. What, what's your plans? Well, Barnabas and I, X that. That plan has changed. Well, now, Paul and, and Silas, we're, we're going to go up and we're going to spend a lot of time in Asia. We're looking forward to being able to spend a lot of time in Asia. And what did the Lord tell them? As they left, and the verses we didn't read this morning, verses 1 through 6, they they spent some time there in Lystra, and Iconium, the plateau there, and that was where they picked up the young man, Timothy. And then from there, they wanted to go to Asia. And the Lord said, no, I'm closing that door. Does it frustrate you when God closes doors that you really wanted to pass through? I'm sure at this point you could have said, Paul, where do you want to be right now? And he would have said, I want to be in Asia. That's what I had in mind. I really wanted to do mission work in Asia. You know what God said? I'm not going to let you. Not right now. So let's read the next verse and see what he did. In verse 7, And they had come to Mysia. They tried to go to Bithynia, but the Spirit did not permit them. Would that discourage you? But since the Lord's not going to let us do work in Asia, I have a second plan. I would really like to go to Bithynia. I've heard there's souls there that can be reached. Let's go to that place. And they start north. They start the journey. And the Lord says, By the way, you're not going to do that one either. Well, now he's running out of options of where to go. So now he goes due east. And notice, he comes down in verse 8 to Troas. He's out of land. What has happened? He's gone about as far as he can go on foot. And still at this point, he doesn't know exactly where the Lord wants him to go. He just knows that he's going to continue moving until what? Until the Lord stops shutting doors and instead starts opening doors. When he stands there in Troas... That was literally the result of a closed door and a closed door, but a man who continued to move until the Lord opened the door. I don't think the Lord opens doors for many people that are sitting still. The Lord opens doors for people that are up and moving. And a closed door, even though it may kind of hurt our feelings... A closed door is not really all that negative. I think it's just God's way of saying, look around. Because I really have something else in mind that I'd like for you to do at this time. What would you learn today? Here's a few things I've learned from this study. Your Macedonia will probably manifest itself in the form of a need. Rarely is your Macedonia going to be a place. It's probably going to be a person. It's probably going to be a ministry. It's probably going to be a family. It's probably going to be something that is a continual need that you see cropping up around you. And then the question is will you pass over to it to help fulfill that need? Number two, I learned that when God has shown you a need that you have the ability and resources to fulfill, that's probably your Macedonia. Number three, I learned the doctrinal issues and peer conflict, they shouldn't stop us. We need to figure out how to resolve the doctrinal issues in truth, and we need to figure out how to continue moving in spite of the peer conflicts. And number four, a closed door is probably God's way of showing you an open door. What ministry is your Macedonia? So I I just don't know a ministry to get involved. How many have you bumped into? Keep moving. If you don't try, you'll never find the open door. God can't show people open doors who aren't on any path, who are not moving in any direction. I hope all of us are truly growing. We need each other. And there's a world of people around us that they need the church. They need salvation. Because all of us are going to die. And it will be disciples that do something about it. This morning, are you a disciple? Are you a faithful child of God? If you've not been baptized into Christ from of sins, why not this morning? If you've begun that journey and you've strayed from that journey and you want to come back and be a disciple of the Lord, You want to confess sins and pray forgiveness? Maybe this morning you have other things that we could help you with. Whatever it is, come as we stand, as we sing.